together with you that throughout this whole year. So uh, welcome once again. Today we're going to talk about faith. The theme throughout this whole uh, story that we're going to get into from Luke chapter 17, the common thread is faith. We're going to look at different stories, but it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of intertwined, but then this common thread of faith is really, really cool. And uh, so before we dive in, let's define what's what faith, and that's kind of the definition that we'll be basing off of throughout this message. Faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. It's pretty straightforward. You have a full trust, a full confidence in whatever that is or what, whoever it is. And do you know that um, you have faith in all kinds of different things according to that definition? Believe it or not, you have faith in the chairs that you're sitting on, that your weight will be sustained on that chair. You know, you, you have faith in that chair because it's going to kind of collapse on you. Some people have faith according to our definition of what it is, faith in their smartphones, right? I mean, you are fully dependent. You can't do anything without it, right? I mean, you know, I can't go around to my friend's house if I don't have my phone because I don't know how to look it up. But now we're so dependent. Now you, some, some faith we have no choice of. Like you have faith in your Uber driver that he's not drunk or she's not drunk. You have a faith in Let's say an airplane pilot. We have a pilot in, in the church, and you know, we have a full trust that he's not on any, under any influence. I mean, you have no tr- choice but to have a full trust in whoever that kind of holds your life, right? Now, so with faith, there's some faith that you have a choice. You, know, you choose to believe in certain things. Like, for example, atheism is a faith, that it is a belief, it is a, a, a faith or trust that. There is no God. There is no designer in this universe. There is just all coincidence. And that's kind of based your faith in, your faith in that. Or there's a faith that you could actually believe in yourself. Some people say, all I could trust is myself. I mean, that's a faith in you or your own self or your abilities. And now, obviously, what we're going to look into is your faith in Jesus Christ, which the Bible directs us and points us to each and every page and every time we open it. So I hope we could put more faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So let's dive right into our contents today. We're looking at chapter 17 of Luke, and we're going to see how Jesus is teaching us this importance of faith and what that does in our lives. So um, we, we all, we've been looking at this journey of Jesus. He, he's in Galilee, and he's, he's right there, and he's moving down, or he's walking down, or he's traveling down to Jerusalem, and that's the journey that we've been following. And what is waiting in Jerusalem is the death of the cross, because Jesus, our Lord, carried all the sins of humanity, and he's going to die on that cross. And as he gets closer and closer to Jerusalem, the climax of the gospel that we, we understand that his message becomes a little more direct and a little more driven towards what's to come. And today we're looking at his message to the disciples, right? So we're going to look at verse 1 together, and we're going to read actually to verse 3 and towards the middle of uh, verse 3. So on the screen, can we read this together? Here we go. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. Wow, I mean, that's some strong, powerful words that Jesus is giving again to his disciples. 
And now what he's saying is don't, co- we can't, the, the stumbling is inevitable. It's going to happen, but don't be the one who caused people to stumble. Because he's telling the disciples, you represent me, Jesus. And you're going to be representing my values and take that responsibility very, very seriously. Because that's why you got to watch yourself. You got to know what's going on inside of your heart, your lifestyle. Watch for yourself. And then when we look at the, after this verse, in verse 3, the later half, it says, rebuke sin in others if you see that. And then he talks about forgive. Not just once, but seven times, infinitely. Forgive, forgive, because it's so important, a value that people who represent Jesus must have, forgiveness. And then when they heard that, the disciples were like, there's no way I could do that on my own. Like, I can't forgive somebody seven times a day when they come up to me, and even if they repent seven times. And then disciples like, no, I need more faith, Jesus. Lord, increase my faith. And that was their plea, and that is our plea, because when we find something that is impossible for us to do, we say, we, that's what we say, increase my faith, O Lord. And now Jesus is talking about sin, and he says, don't overlook that. Don't let keep that linger. Don't, don't keep sinning. He's not, he's saying, don't overlook sin. But then when they, when people sin against you, then when they repent, forgive, forgive. Even though you don't, maybe it's not your fault, keep forgiving, forgiving. And that's his message. And that's exactly how Jesus has forgiven you, right? I mean, no matter how many times we fail, no matter how many times we feel like we're a failure, and Jesus forgives us. And that's the the opening hand, the grace of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly how he has forgiven us. So now he's saying, do likewise. And Jesus is saying that you think it's impossible. But when you have faith in me, it is possible. Are you going to believe in me? Or are you going to keep believing in your own abilities or your capacity? Because sometimes forgiveness, certain forgiveness, go be way beyond our forgiveness. And that's why he said in verse 6, it says right here, he replied, if you have a faith small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted, plant it in the sea, and it will obey you. He's saying that the impossible will take place like a tree moving on its own, going down to the ocean and planted there. I mean, with the faith of a mustard seed, if you believe in me. The impossible will happen now. It will, right? Because what is our faith? What is the definition of faith? It is a complete trust and confidence, not in you or me or what we could be or do, but in Jesus Christ. And when we have that faith, all things are possible. And this is the faithful life of disciples that Jesus have called who are the disciples? It's, it's you and I, those who believe in Christ and follow in Him, follow Him. That is the disciples. That is us. That's the life that we are called to live. I mean, let's make no mistake about that. That is the standard that we are being called. And now, verses 7 through 10 is an interesting story. I'm going to summarize this, but it is a story that teaches us and teaching the disciples, don't be entitled don't be boastful. Don't be like a servant who expects the master to thank you just by you doing your own, your own job. No, you have a job. Of course you're supposed to do that. Don't be entitled to say, well, he didn't thank me. He didn't recognize me. So grumbling and all that. He's at watching your attitude. It's all tied into his message. Watch yourself. 
And we're supposed to say, we're just unworthy servants, only doing our duty. That's how we serve as Christians in this world. Could be challenging though. But let's step back for a minute. And why do you think, let's have some fun here. Why do you think Jesus shared that with the disciples? He wasn't talking to the Pharisees at that time. He wasn't talking to the crowd, but he was specifically talking to the disciples. Why do you think Jesus said that? Could it be that Jesus knew the hearts of the disciples and they needed to hear those exact words? Could that be? That's our Lord Jesus, right? Could it be that Jesus spent a lot of time scolding the Pharisees? You know, the Pharisees, they, they felt like because they know the Bible left and right and they're, they're obeying as the people saw them obey. So they thought they have all the answers. And Jesus says, no, God sees your heart. Whatever that you're doing that for the praise of people, God hates that, despise that. And then you're the lover of money. And, and, and Jesus spent a lot of time talking about the Pharisees. And then what if the disciples there they're like kind of looking at them says oh there's goes jesus he's having him here you know and then and like i'm I, i'm so glad i'm not in their shoes i'm the chosen people i'm the chosen 12 we're like the people and like what if that was the attitude and they have this prideful arrogant view against the pharisees what if the disciples quite didn't understand the meaning and the responsibility of being an apostle for Jesus, being the one to represent Christ's value here on this earth. Because Jesus is going to be gone soon, and Jesus is preparing them, and they are the ones responsible for the gospel to be carried out. So be sure to make no mistake about your responsibility to not let others, the little ones, stumble could it be that Jesus was preparing for that future? Of course, it's very likely that is the case. You know the word stumble? When you look at the word of the Greek, the original language, it's, it's the word that is pronounced skandala. And what is that? You know, you know that it sounds very familiar. It's the word that we take scandal from. I mean, you know, and just looking at our examples of these days, when we see Christian or let's say pastor made, like found in scandal, Whatever that is, whether it's an immorality issue or money issue, when we find that, it causes so many to stumble. How the effect of that is huge. And that message, I mean, Jesus is telling the, fair, the disciples, I mean, don't be the one who causes other to stumble because especially when you represent me and when you stumble, that's going to have a huge effect. And we hear this. Let's not be the one who says, ah, that's just one of them. Let's be the ones that, hey, that could happen to any one of us. Fall for the love of money, fall into immorality, fall into these sins. It could be us, and when we do, it could be a huge deal. It's a big stumbling block. May we have the courage to always ask ourselves, are we okay? And now that is who Jesus is, is speaking to. And could it be that Jesus knew that Judas Iscariot was in that part of the disciples? You know who he is, right? He is the one who was caught in the money scandal later on. He fell for the, the love of money, and he betrayed Jesus. And could it be that Jesus wanted Judas to hear this and perhaps in his heart examine his heart so that he won't fall into the trap of money or the idol of money? Very likely, right? He is our Lord Jesus, 
God himself after all, then could it be that Jesus knew that you would be here today, this morning, October 13, 2019, here at Orange Coast, looking at this verse. Could it be that Jesus knew that this is the verse that you need to hear this morning? Could that be? Most of us are aware of what Jesus is teaching. I mean, his teaching, it says, to forgive seven times a day, endlessly, forgive, forgive. He says, don't be boastful, don't be arrogant, be careful with arrogance and pride. He's, he's telling us that, we hear that, we know as Christians, and even non-Christians know what Jesus' teaching is. Oh, he's the one who says to forgive or turn the other cheek. A lot of people know what he's saying, and we here, most of us know exactly what is God wanting in our lives, how we follow Jesus. We know that, but some of us here today are sitting in here and our lives look nothing like what we're supposed to be. Nothing like what Jesus taught this day. We're living more like an opposite of, going the opposite direction of what Jesus has taught. Sorry to bring this to you. I know this because I see myself in that. I find myself, like what you know, in my house, like right now, like I'm 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 watching my baby sometimes, and but I'm also having to babysit my other kids, and and I'm cooking, and I'm like the heat is getting to my head, and like they're like loud and they're messing around, and I'm clean, told them to clean up, and they haven't cleaned up yet, and, and there's this boiling point, right? And I'm like, and I say things that I totally regret. I won't say it right now because you'll totally like say, whoa. But anyways, you know, like these things happen in our household. And, and I'm like, I have huge responsibility of setting the culture in my house. What is allowed? What is what the things that we say? What are the things that we watch on TV? What we eat? And, and, and I must be very careful to not be a stumbling block to the little ones. Like Jesus says, the little ones, meaning they are the ones who have no ability to make decisions on their own yet or discern what is right or wrong. We have a responsibility as parents or as Christians in general. There are people that based on what you did or what you saw or what you said, they're like, oh, Christians could do that. Okay. And they have a completely wrong idea about what Jesus is saying. We have a responsibility here. And now I find sometimes myself of like I see the sin in others, the loved ones, and I don't rebuke that sin because I'm afraid of confronting. I'm, 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 I'm you know, I want to avoid that that confrontation, because I know it's an awkward conversation, and I tend to avoid, I become fearful. Or sometimes I find myself, I'm much more aware of their sin, but not so much of my sin, and I kind of tuck it away. But I I see that in you. I don't forgive seven times like Jesus told me. I just forgive six times. I mean, not seven I mean, I've done six. I don't want to do seven. (laughs) You know what I mean? Especially to those who I'm supposed to love the deepest, the people that are closest to me, like my wife, my kids, and I'm supposed to like, like, like forgive and let it go, but I'm still holding on. I mean, it's just me or has it been us? Could it be that Jesus is speaking to us? 
and the way I serve God. <laughs> I don't want to admit this, but I'm serving my master, my Lord, and I'm doing the things that he just told me to do. And there are times where like, I should get recognized. I should be thanked. And when I don't hear those words, whether it's directly from God or other people, I'm like, hey, why am I not getting thanked? Why, 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 why isn't people recognizing these things? And then I kind of start grumbling and upset inside. And this is not like, and where's my answer, God? I know I'm serving you. You're supposed to like show me that. I mean, see, that's the exact opposite of what Jesus taught in today's story, isn't it? But the worst part is that on the outside, I portray myself by saying, oh, hey, I'm just an unworthy servant, just doing my duty. But on the inside, I'm like, come on, where's, where's my record, you know? And when I find myself, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm such an entitled, boastful servant. I don't even think that's a servant. That's nothing like Jesus taught. Nothing like his way that he served. It's the opposite. But we believe that this book, Bible, this is the God-breathed living word of God, don't you? We believe that, right? Amen? Amen. If that's the case, then God knows that you need to hear this today from his word, his breath to us, to our ears and our hearts. He needs to tell you this. That's why it is in front of us this morning. I mean, today I, in the Japanese service, I share the same message. And I'm like, if the Bible is in, and they're like, wait, what Bible? So I turn to this. So this, we have this. You know, this is a God-breathing Bible in here. And it is speaking to us each and every time he's open. We open this. And today it's Luke 17, 1 through 19. And those words are specifically designed to you for your faith to grow. So he also knows, however that he knows the power of sin and how stumbling is inevitable. We, we read that just now. It's inevitable. However, he also knows, not however, he also knows that because of sin, we as human desires go naturally against what God wants. He knows that, that that's the power of sin that we have to wrestle with. That is our nature, that on our own, We'll just go astray. We'll just go wander off. He knows that. But He has a solution for us. When we find ourselves causing others to sin, stumble and sin to the little ones that we are in, entrusted with, when we find ourselves scared to confront sin of a loved one, when we cannot forgive after they've said, I'm sorry, when we are desperate for recognition and gratitude for our service. Don't search the answer within, in you. Please know that this passage was written for you. When we can't do the things that we're supposed to do, church, what we need is more faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. The complete trust and confidence in Jesus alone 
And we need to ask, God, give us more faith. That's what we need to be asking for. And are you doing that? Or maybe we're just going to our default mode and says, oh, God, as long as I try a little bit harder, as long as I have a little more patience, as long as I have better understanding. No, stop searching for that. Stop asking for the ask for more faith that Jesus is in control and he will come through. With faith increasing more and more, you will discover and you will experience the power of God being alive in you more and more and more. And that's what we need, church, right? Come on, come on. Am I, is, that, is that not true? Because that's what it says. Come, we are to ask for more faith. So stop trying to figure it out on your own. Surrender to Jesus. Give your worries. Give your concerns. Give your doubts in the unloving ways to him. And in the second half of today's passage from verse 10 in chapter 17, we're going to look at the story that is illustrates the exact point of how faith is so amazing and how it is so needed in our lives. So let me summarize the story for you. It is there's this 10 people, 10 men with the leprosy. You know, it is a skin disease that has that it is an unclean disease. So they were segregated. So they had to say from a distance when they saw Jesus, hey, Jesus, have mercy on me. This is verse 10. And they're like screaming because they're not supposed to be in the close proximity with Christ. So they're screaming. And Jesus says, hey, just go to the priest because that's what they used to do, right? Like they go to the priest and then they'll tell you if you're clean or not. So they go to the priest and like they might have thought, oh, I've done that before, but it didn't work. So, but you know what? If Jesus says so, I'm going to go. So all 10 of them got up and went and on the way to the priest, they're like, wait, what? What's going on? My, my, it's, I'm healed. Can you imagine the joy of that street of victory? They're like, I'm healed. And then the 10, nine out of the 10 men who were healed just went on in their lives. And what happened was one man, he was one Samaritan man who was a, a Gentile who was a com- considered unclean, beyond unclean. I mean, they're like a, 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 a leprosy of a Samaritan was probably like, the lowest of low, but the, he's the one who came back to thank Jesus. And then what did he do when he came to Jesus? He got on his knees, and then he's like, Jesus, thank you for healing me. And he glorified God because in Jesus, he saw God's power. So he came back to adore and worship that. Well, this is a beautiful, beautiful picture of what worship is. But you know what? The best part is, is that when he went back there, he discovered something even more special. Not only the power of God was residing in Jesus Christ. He realized through the words of Christ that that power of living God was in him as well. And it was that faith in that God that saved and healed him. He discovered that. You know, the nine that didn't come back, they thought they were just lucky. Oh, cool. They didn't come back. They missed out on the greatest moment of their life, encountering the Savior, knowing that it was their faith that healed them. You know what a difference that is? But when you consider that, and when you you put it against the world that we live in, don't you think that's what we see all the time? People receive the blessing of God all over, but 90% of them, they're like, oh, I was just lucky. Thank God. Thank you, God. And they never come back and worship and, and praise But that's the difference. Are we the nine or are we the one that comes back to worship God continually saying, thank you, 
Thank you. Thank you. And then what do we do? Isn't that why we're here? Isn't that why we come back to worship every week? Right? Knowing that this is the God who has healed you and saved you. Come on, church. That's when we hear the words of Jesus. Jesus says in verse 17, We're all, not all ten clean, cleansed. Where are the nine? Basically, he's saying, I'm missing them. I want them to be here, but they never came. There's, there's this remorse. There's this sadness by Jesus. And then verse 18, has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Can you hear the heart of Jesus in here? But then look at verse 19. He looks to the one that came back, looks to the one who adored and, and praised God. Thank God. He said to him, look in the eye, rise and go. Your faith has set you free. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you, made you well. I'm like putting all kinds of different translation there. But it says in my NIV, it says your faith has made you well. That's the exact word of Jesus that he got to hear from his Savior. What an amazing moment that must have been. Praising God is so important. Thanking God is so important because when you do, your faith will increase. You are, you're going to know that He is actually alive in me. And we get to experience that. Hasn't God been good to you? We're just saying that, right? He is good. He is good. Oh, 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 we're saying that. Is it just the lip service or do we really mean it, church, that He is good? And He has been good and He will always be good. Do you believe that? That's why we're here to, to worship Him, to thank Him. And if He has been good to you, then He will continue to be good to you. He's going to show the miracles in the life, the point of life that you absolutely need. And it, there is no mistake about those things. And He's going to do it again and again and again. Do you believe that, church? He is good, right? And now, even though you may not see it right now, you may see, oh man, this is too crazy. This is too much. I've forgiven Him seven times already. Then you're like, it's not happening. Do you have faith in Jesus? Do you have full and confidence, full trust in Him that He will come through? With faith, complete trust and confidence in Jesus, all things are possible. All things are possible. And this week, I saw a story with one man's faith that was able to move a mountain. Impossible became possible. You've probably seen this story, but I'm going to end with this. Um, there, was a, 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 there was a man who was sitting in his living room. He was eating an ice cream. And all of a sudden, there is a woman cop. After 13 hours of service, she came back and she thought that she went to the wrong floor and she knocked and she's like, oh, I don't know if she knocked or not. I don't know. But anyways, she, she thought there's somebody inside my house. And long story short, she shot a man dead. This was a 26-year-old man. His name is Botham Jean. And, and, and now his brother gave a testimony. Obviously, she got on trial, and it's been going on for a year now. And now in this victim impact statement, his brother, 18-year-old Brand Jean, responded like this. And I have a video, so if you could check this out, please go ahead. I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. 
but I love you just like anyone else. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please. Yes. That's unheard of for something like that to happen. For, for a, a, a victim family to give a hug and for a judge to allow that, that shouldn't happen because you know what's going to happen. But there's a humanity, there's this beauty, there's a must, faith of a mustard seed that is moving a mountain. It moved a courthouse, a courtroom, and in the heart of the judge and says, yes, go ahead. Still in a horrible horrible tragedy and, and there's a lot of things that is, is is associated with this these days and i'm not here to talk about and i'm not in a place to talk about like so re- racial reconciliation there's a lot of issue that yeah, needs to get deal with and of course she needs to serve her sentence and there needs to be a, a repentance and that process needs to continue but there is no doubt in my mind that it was his faith in jesus christ that moved brant jean to say those words to somebody who killed his brother. Say, I forgive. It was the faith in Jesus Christ. And what happens when we obey what Jesus is saying? There's a ripple effect of testimony after testimony. And I know one story that there was a one woman who has been unforgiving. He, she, after 30 years of, of being raped, and, and have this grudge and unforgiveness for all. And then the, the, the person who, who did that is already dead. But after 30 years, after she saw that video, I'm like, I, I got to let this go. I got to forgive. And he, the person is not even there, but he's like, I'm going to have to forgive for my own sake. And she discovered the beauty of forgiveness through that video. And, and like I said, when we obey God and when we obey what Jesus is saying with and respond in faith, those are the stories that will come out of that. That's the testimony of the, your faith, the mustard seed faith that's going to move a mountain. Don't you want to see mountains move, church? Come on, church. Now, with that faith, let us ask for more faith because we can't do it on our own. So with that increasing faith in you, church, where will he lead you? Because Jesus is saying the same exact words as that one who came back says, rise and go. Share that faith. Share that story, the how he has been good to you. Go and share the good news of Christ to the world you live in. How your faith has made you well. How your faith has set you free. Go and share that. So let us ask, church, for more faith. The faith to increase 
so that we could walk on water, so that we could go into the uncharted territories. This church needs that type of faith as we walk into the next 40 years after we just celebrated an amazing journey of God's faithfulness. Now it is us that will continue to carry this forward. Are you with me? Come on. Now, so let us go and ask God to be the one who's going to call us to be the one who he has called us to be. We need faith to do that. So church, let us look at our weekly challenge and let's walk throughout this week in that faith in Christ. So first, no, let us read that chapter again, verse 1 through 19. And these words are specifically written for you from Jesus to bless you and to protect you. So now what kind, with that in mind, what encouragement do you receive? So if you have your phones, please take a picture, take it with you. Put it on your like screenshot or, or uh, your home, home screen or something. Just like have it with you. Don't forget this, okay? Now grow. How has God been good to you in your life? Give thanks to God for all the goodness and be sure to praise Him. Be on your feet and praise Him or be on your knees at His feet. And praise Him and then overflow like how Jesus forgave you. And I know you know He has. Who will you forgive? Maybe it's not your fault. It probably isn't. But who can you forgive like Jesus forgave you? All right, so uh, the worship team, if you could come back up. Let us, let's spend time in prayer right now. Let's go to the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I praise you, holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he's done for me. He forgave all my sin and healed my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. I echo with the psalmist who poured that out in the midst and in the presence of God. I, I pray the same prayer this morning as you've been so, so good to me, to us, to all of us. You even redeemed us from dead and crowned us with love and tender mercies, and that is what we've experienced. So God, help us to carry that and move forward. Help us to rise and go with that message of Christ, how his, our faith has unlocked this amazing healing and saving grace in our lives. So with that in mind, may we go from here, never be the same. May we walk out of here trusting that you will come through, you will carry us through, and we get to live your life, your dream here on earth with the story of forgiveness and grace and mercy. May we go with you into the world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Can we all stand together as we sing our closing praise song, our final declaration to the Lord, my Jesus, my Savior. Let's sing. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none. 